he didn't even he wasn't wearing a shirt or anything. He just penned his race number to his skin. Well, he did it to his nipples. <laughs> so he like hooked it to his nipple piercings. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Filling Station Podcast. Whether you're on a break or on a walk or getting a cup of coffee, you can drop in and listen to me, Lindsay, and my little sister, Mallory, tell you some positive, fun, uplifting stories to help you get through these weird times. We can all use some positive vibes. Hello. Hello. Good How day. are you doing today? I'm good. I always have to say good day because I'll say good morning when I'm like having meetings with people. But so many meetings that I have with people, they're like in other countries. So they're <laughs> like, it's like they've already lived their entire day. That I'm happens like, to me too. <laughs> that happens to me too. I'll Somebody will leave me a message and I'll call them back the next day and they'll be... They'll sound so groggy on the phone and I'll be like, Ooh, crap. I forgot. It's like six o'clock in the morning. You're tired. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my bad. I always feel like the biggest jerk. I'm like, wow, I really was not being like conscious of you. Cause if someone like calls me or sends me a message or something at like 4am, I'm like this, this a-hole, <laughs> he knows I'm in New York. Quick story real quick. I, uh, this lady was trying to get a hold of me from Australia and she finally, she was emailing me and then she kept leaving voicemails and I'd call her back and we just couldn't connect. And so finally she figured out like the time difference and she stayed up like super, whatever the time difference was, but she like stayed up like all night long and waited until like we opened and she called me and she was hammered. <laughs> no, yes. Yes. No, that's amazing. I won't. I can't even try to do my Australian accent, but she was like, "Lindsay, <laughs> I've been up for eighteen hours." The most Australian thing ever, because the majority. This is like an overgeneralization, but they love to party. Yes, yes. So she's like, "What was the episode where? You, what do they call beers?" Oh man, I don't remember. Yeah. Oh we, no, that's crazy. But anyway, oh. yeah. So time zones, man. So yeah, good day to you. Good day to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So today we are talking about crazy competitions. And why are we talking about this? Because uh, you brought it up as an idea last week. That's true. Why did it come into my brain though? Because of 4th of July, Nathan's <gasps> hot dog eating contest. Yes. It's still planning to be held, but with no spectators. What? Which will be interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so for those... Who don't know what Nathan's hot dog eating contest is, if you've been living under a rock, it happens at Nathan's on Coney Island every 4th of July. Nathan's hot dog stand is exactly that, a stand in Coney Island. And um, they've got famous, they're famous for their hot dogs and like the rest of their food, french fries, corn dogs, etc. Um, their lemonade is awesome. Anyway, every year they hold a hot dog eating contest that is actually televised on TV and <laughs> yes. it brings, it draws like hundreds of thousands of people because Coney Island is also a big draw for the 4th of July. And so as Lindsay mentioned, it sounds like this year they're going to still do it, but they will not have spectators. Um, I yes. know that, yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be really crazy. I it's mean, be on July, ESPN, 4th of July. July 4th is going to be like a true test of people's like willpower, 
you know, yeah. like, oh, man. We just need a layout, man. If we want to have next year's 4th of July, we need to yeah. behave ourselves. <laughs> but it's but, actually been it's actually been on air and televised for 17 years. So literally the entire time that you and I have watched Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, it's been on TV pretty much. Like, we've seen the whole thing. And it have you ever sounds- had a Nathan's Hot Dog? Uh, yeah, I have in my meat eating life. I'm not a big fan. It's got like the casing. It's the casing mm-hmm. style. Um, someone who's like a you know pretend meat eater. That kind of just weirded you out a little bit. Yeah, they're a little bit skinnier. That's what I always remember. They're like a little bit skinnier. They're and a little long bit and skinny, and they like have like they're a tasty, perfect though. like little like art crisp to them. Oh, yeah, and you crisp. Know? It will snap and a little. That's the casing. Yeah. Anyway, it's surprisingly entertaining, but pretty gross as well. It really is. Joey Chestnut's the reigning champ and mm-hmm. the world champion, and he's already made some bodacious claims about this year's contest. So, well, um, I wanted to also tell a very short story before we get into our short or our other stories, um, and it's about a competition as well, and it kind of has to do with hot dogs because it's about the Buda wiener dog races. I don't know if you know about these. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Before you get into it for our, our listeners here. I was inspired by the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. I talked to Mallory about some crazy competitions and thought that maybe we could do an episode about crazy competitions. We asked for your feedback on Instagram and actually got quite a few responses. Some of which we shared. Um, but crazy competition. So something different than like an Olympic sport per, per se, because somebody did say curling on our Instagram. Well, <laughs> that's an Olympic sport. That's not really like a crazy competition. Like, I love you for sharing that and saying that that's like one of your favorite crazy competitions. But we're looking for something a little bit more off the grid. Wait, than who that. said curling? She shall remain nameless. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to blow her up. <laughs> On the pot because, and I won't blow her up because she's provided us with multiple stories in the past that we've talked about. And so I don't want to like discourage her from, you know, sharing. So of course we love you very much. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it, small fun fact, there was a curling beer league in Oklahoma city when I lived there and That's it was cool. like, like a softball league. People went and curled. Um but anyway, Mallory and I are going to talk about a couple different competitions today, but I just wanted to preface that, that that's what we mean by crazy competitions, like kind of outside the norm. The very first one that when I asked Alicia, like, hey, what are some crazy competitions was wiener dog racing. Okay, sorry. Back. Thank you. I was wondering if you're going to do it like a full, yeah, full, all the way back. full loop. Okay, gotcha. so um, my first year that I had Gilly, I was a sophomore in college in Texas, and there's this little town pronounced Buda spelled B-U-D-A, but it's pronounced Buda. So Buda, Texas, and every year they have an annual wiener dog race, which is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> Hundreds. It's also like a fair, like carnival-esque type of thing, but it's all centered around wiener dog racing. And this isn't like, these are people's like pets, you know, obviously no one's like breeding their it's right. like greyhound dog racing. <laughs> right. It's like people are like taking their it's a overweight, joke, like it's a, it's a joke because, you know, wiener dogs love to eat and they're fat and they're stubborn and, but they also, you know, are very incentivized by things. So they will run 
for they are fast. Food. They can be fast. Yes, they can be. Anyway, so my first year that I had Gilly, I went with mom and it was like absolute one of the best places on earth because you're surrounded by wiener dogs there was like the oscar meyer wiener was there and gilly entered the wiener dog races and she got third in her heat wow she was so fast new she was so fast they put him in like a little cage and lift the gate and then they sprint across this like lawn and mom found the video and sent it to me recently she sent it to me too it is so we will have to post it for everyone on the Instagram because it is so freaking adorable. I you kind of have to know what you're looking for because um the footage is so bad. It was yeah. like it's pandemonium and like the footage, I mean, gosh, it was nine-ish years ago, I guess. So like the the phone quality is not what it is now. But anyway, um Gilly did great. It was her first and only wiener dog race. She is in retirement now. Or maybe she did go back. No, I think it was the only one. Um, but yeah, she she now, we're lucky if she walks around the block. So, you know, <laughs> from sheer laziness, not because she can't. Um, anyway, so we are rambling. <laughs> Let's rambling. jump into it. Let's do it. You go with your first one. Well, I just got to say, I got, I've got two crazy competitions that I'm going to talk about a little bit in depth. We can ramble a little bit because there's not a lot to say about these competitions okay. other than just, you know, kind of explain what's going on. Um, so before I, I get into that, I, I think that she kind of had like a little country house career, basically. She went, she blew up expectations, and then she just rode off into the sunset. And she was good. <laughs> She got sick, kind of, and like dealt with some stuff. Oh yeah, she, Battled she went back through... from an illness and yep, twice living living she high on the hog. Basically, was on like the brink death's doorstep twice, and yes, at least twice. So she's like, yeah, living out her life in retirement. And if you haven't listened to the Country House episode, go back and check that out. That was a couple couple weeks ago, um, or maybe a week ago. I don't know. All right, so I'm gonna go first today. Um, I've got a couple of honorable mentions and stuff I want to talk about. One I was definitely going to talk I knew you were going to talk about wiener dog races, but I had you I was going to bring I was going to bring it up anyway. Um but a couple of other ones that I think are really hilarious. One of the um one of the the suggestions that we got on Instagram was cup stacking, which if you've ever seen that, that is just like insane and oh wild and crazy. And it happens so fast and the fact that these kids are such savants at it that I can't even really appreciate it it's like, what are you doing with your life like what is i want to be able to like digest like what i'm seeing i know like, yes yeah. there's it's crazy but um shout out to laurel um for sh- for sharing that one with us but the other couple that i want to talk about was i used to be a baseball coach for a crazy baseball team called the savannah bananas i don't know if i've talked about them before in the past but um, we have a little um, they're out of Savannah, Georgia. Their owner is a guy named Jesse Cole, who's written a bunch of books and he wears a yellow tuxedo all the time and just the master of marketing. And between every single inning at the Savannah Bananas games, they had games, they had competitions of some kind. Um, they were throwing bananas off the top of the stadium and guys were trying to catch them in their pants. They did baby, baby races. <laughs> yeah. 
they did all sorts of kind of crazy stuff. They they launch things at each other and try to catch it. I want to be part of their marketing team. It's It's insane. It sounds so fun. They're they're genius. They're just incredible. But they had some just absolutely hilarious uh, competitions. They had one where they buried a diamond on the diamond get it like on the baseball field and then after our game all of these fans came on the field and basically tore our field to shit because they were looking for a legitimate valuable diamond that was buried (laughs) on the on the field and they found it it took like three hours and finally somebody found it that's got to be one of those where they're like let's not do this one next year right i don't think they've done it since that (laughs) was like the landscaping like bill uh, and the fact you that know they who like... had to deal with that? Your boy. I'm the one that got out there and dragged <laughs> that and got everything situated. Okay, so... God, so many... I'm sorry, but so many things could go wrong with burying a diamond in yeah. the dirt. I know. But if no one ever finds it. Well, I mean, they knew where they buried it, so they could go find it. But it could get, like, tossed around. And yeah, around. I mean, if they had had, like, a base... Anyway, okay, I digress. I think it might have been in a box or something. I don't know. I watched it for a while, and then I was like, I want to get boring. out of here and go do something else. <laughs> Um, anyway, okay, so last, so now we're starting the podcast. Now we're starting the real story. But before that, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So I read an article one time and it was about this insane competition. And it's one of those things. Lewis Black has a really great bit where he talks about. Mallory called him an earworm a while back about a song being an earworm, but he talks about just overhearing something or remembering something in a way that just kind of drives you insane. And you kind of think about it randomly. His bit was about walking through the airport and hearing a woman say, if it wasn't for that horse, I never would have made it through college. And he just like, couldn't get that out of his head. He was like, what the hell does that mean? I think I remember this? this bit. Because yeah. you've like that is that his bit has stuck with you the way that her saying that me. stuck with him exactly. And so I read this article about this competition, um, and basically the competition is this: you have to start on a certain website and then get to another website, but you can't use the keyboard or Google or anything like that. You can only follow links. Okay. And so whenever we were talking about this the other day, I was like, I got to go back and find that article. I got to track down this competition. And I did unbelievably. So the, the article was written in 2010. Oh my God. It's just like stuck in my craw, in my head all that time. And I've like, just one of those things. 2010. Yeah. It's one of those random things. (laughs) It was written on August 8th, 2010 by Kyle Van Himmert. You have the brain um, of an elephant. It's, it's amazing. But I can't remember why I walked into the kitchen 10 minutes ago. So it's ridiculous. But anyway, so this is a challenge and it started in Germany. Um, and they call it the, the participants are called trailblazers. And so they have to race from one website to another website without typing anything and only following links, which is just like how that ever came up, like how that ever became a competition. And then the fact that there were like people that were like, yes, let's do that. Let's compete in that. That sounds like fun. And so some of them are hilarious. A guy went in and, and found like the, the trails, I guess, I don't know, like the paths that they were supposed to take. So these are some of the 
of the the starting points and the end points. Okay. 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 So they had to start at mit.edu. So the MIT main page. They had to end up end up at the website ICanHasACheeseburger.com. Oh my! <laughs> there was God. another one where they had to start on 4chan and get to scientology.org <laughs> and anyway so they had to like race and this article is on gizmodo which is a, a website that's got really active like um really active commenters in a community that like, okay. comments on all the posts and everything and so these people i was diving through the comments and these people are like running down how they did it and so it's like really to the Twitter to this. And like, basically all it is, is it's just trying to get to Twitter, like trying to get to Twitter or Instagram or some sort of social media. And then you just got to like scroll and try to track somebody down, find a, you know, like there's one where they had to get to IMDB, like a certain page on IMDB. And so it was like tracking this those people down. Fascinating. It's it weird? it's someone who went down a wormhole Yep. And then was like, I wonder if someone could replicate where I started and how <laughs> I got here. And I'm going to make right. it a competition. This is I'm going to make it a competition. So crazy. Isn't like, it weird as hell? I mean, I'm so timid. I want to try it. I, don't and I want you to take your little brain and I want you to imagine. Excuse me. Well, your big old brain and that big old head of yours. I want you to imagine a group of German people that are participating in some sort of search <laughs> competition on the website just put that in your brain that's exactly what they look like there's a picture on the website it is hilarious there's a little kid that's pulling his shirt up for some reason showing his belly a lot of long hair one guy's wearing 3d glasses <laughs> like, oh my god <laughs> there's a lot of like laser cat shirts and hippos and stuff <laughs> like it is insane they're just um, listening to like hard rock like oh death gosh, metal you know. like <laughs> but anyway the very first competition was in april of 2010 or excuse me in uh yeah april of 2010 they did it in september and october of 2010 they did one in 2011 two in 2013 2014 2015 and then nothing happened until 2019 and they had another one in august of 18th uh or excuse me uh june may 18th 2019 um and the prizes were provided by archangel surfwear <laughs> but that's my that's my first one is trailblazers i just think it's such a wacky weird thing and just goes to show that people will compete at anything and you know what I, mean? I mean i think it's almost like replicable like we could i think we should do it we should do it with our our family Mom, mom's head would explode if we asked her to try to do this she but couldn't figure it out no. <laughs> but it would be kind of interesting i would do it if um you i'll set of, it up maybe yeah yeah it could be really really interesting i'm intrigued dude i cannot get over this picture <laughs> okay I'll i just every time i look at it i see something else there's a barbie doll that's at a tiny little desk next with a what? computer in the middle of it it's just we're just wild. gonna have to post i'm it. sorry i'm rambling here it's just we're getting too excited it's I know. uh the trailblazers okay well i'm gonna tell you about a very interesting converse or competition um that is actually like a sport now um Ish. Quidditch. 
No, it's not Quidditch. <laughs> um, it's chess boxing. Have you ever heard of chess boxing? You know, I think I have. Oh my tell god, get out of here! No, tell you me have more. not. I mean, okay. I could tell you what it is, but I want you to do it. Okay. Uh, well, what do you wait? You actually know it? Yeah, it's where they beat the hell out of each other for a round, and then they play chess for a period of time in between oh my the rounds. God. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm sorry. You asked me. You. you asked me if I knew. <laughs> You challenged me. I mean, it doesn't leave much to the imagination, <laughs> but it's so bizarre. Yes, it's, tell us more, though. I don't know anything about okay. it, per se. So it was started as an art performance by the Dutch artist Lepe, however you say that, you L-E-P-E, yeah. Ru- Rubin, okay. uh, R-U-B-I-N-G-H. And then it became a competitive sport. The Dutch artist read a comic book like basically a comic book from like 1992 or 94 early 90s and was inspired to like replicate what this comic book author talked about which was chess boxing so this artist then like did an art performance of chess boxing it's kind of confusing don't totally know what a performance an art performance of that would be but i guess like a simulation kind of like they were acting it out or something i don't know but well, then, it's like a like a yin and yang type thing maybe like I, i'm not exactly sure but mm. it then became a competitive sport and the artist is now like the commissioner of the league unfortunately he passed away in may 2020 of this year so pretty recently yeah. But um, the first competition was in 2003. Um, It's played in Germany, India, the UK, and Russia. And so the sport challenges the body and the mind, as you can imagine. I don't know how to do either of these things, box (laughs) or play chess. Um, But I know just from, you know, my 31 years on this earth that um, chess is definitely like a mental game and a game of strategy and that boxing is also kind of a game of strategy, but it's very physical. So it's fought in 11 alternate rounds of chess and boxing, starting with four minutes of chess and then three minutes of boxing and so on. And to win, obviously you need to be good at both disciplines. Um, I mean, also just like the flipping of like going from being so intensely in a game of chess and then to be like up and so physically aware of your body and then back to the same game of chess where you like have to pick up where you left off. Anyway, the players can either Dude, win. That's by... insane to think it about. It is never really, really crazy. Kind of... Yeah. Uh, so the players can win either by knockout, checkmate, time limit, disqualification by referee or by uh, resignation of your other opponent. Um and there are specialized training centers to make you skilled enough to compete professionally in chess boxing. It is a professional sport. It's spreading pretty rapidly in Asian countries. And it is pretty freaking bizarre and outrageous. And I cannot believe that you had heard of it. <laughs> I heard of it. Of course. Man, yeah, I'd heard of it. But there, I never really thought about it. You're kind of getting two sports in one because – I know nothing about chess and I've watched people play chess before. Like Mm -hmm. it's entertaining to watch them and kind of like, especially if you have like some sort of commentary that's telling you what's going on and to get like boxing 
like I don't know. That's awesome, actually. Now that I think about it, like there should be more combo sports. Like, what other sports could we combine and like make them into like a? I mean, what like other a duality are of sports? Combined? It's like there's triathlons, and I can't even think of like. I'm sure immediately we're going to get off and we're going to be like, oh, oh my gosh. Course, there, there's 10 other ones we can think of off the top of our head. But I was just thinking about us like creating one right here on the spot. Like, can we even do it? Like, it's just so random. It's such a random fusion. It doesn't make sense, but it kind of does because it's so random and you know, you get like the mental aspect and then like the physical aspect. But I, I don't even know. Dude, it's, I love it. I think it's so cool, actually. Like, I'm really – I'm into it now. I want to watch it. I bet our cousin Nat watches it. I bet he's probably. all up to, up to date on the big chess boxers yeah. in Europe. <laughs> well, there you go. Dude, that's uh, dope. Now I want to – now I'm really going to think hard about what other sports we get combined. Mm, I don't know. Okay. okay. I got one more. All right. Can I share it real quick? Yeah, go for it. And so then I have we one talked a little more too. Sweet. So we talked about uh, Nathan's hot dog eating contest. There's obviously a thousand um, food related contests out there, but I had the privilege of witnessing one of these great food challenges in person. And I would be remiss if I didn't discuss it. And that would be the Galway International Oyster and Seafood Festival, which is where the oyster shucking world championship, one of them, is held in Galway, Ireland. What are you laughing about? Is this what you're going to talk about, too? I thought it was for a split uh, second. And then okay. I realized that mine is not Galway, but Gloucester. Gloucester, yeah. Gloucester, Gloucester, whatever. Go on. Um. But anyway, we took a honeymoon four years after we got married and we went to Ireland and it was all around this oyster seafood fest. My wife loves oysters and seafood. And so she wanted to go to this oyster and seafood fest. And so before we got there, we were thinking like, this is going to be a huge tent. I mean, like the whole city's going to be taken over by this oyster fest. Um, their website's super slick and like tickets are expensive and like you got anyway. We get there and it is, it's a big party, but it is just like one tent and they had like three different food vendors because everybody was just eating the oysters that these people were shucking. But there was, I think there was something like 20 different countries represented by different people. Um, unfortunately, I can't remember who, which country won, but each person from their different countries had people there from their country that were like cheering them on. And so these guys and women would walk up on stage, the mayor of Galway with his big, like mayoral chain medallion on would get up there and like introduce them. They had like MCs and music was like bumping and Guinness is flowing and all sorts of kind of stuff. And these guys and women were shucking these oysters they had to shuck them and keep them clean and then like make them look pretty like on the plate. And they had so much time to do it. I think they had like five or six minutes, maybe 10. And these dudes were shucking these oysters so fast and yet they were still gorgeously laid out. And so they were judged not only on how many they, they opened, how clean they were opened, how nicely they were laid out. Um, and it w got intense, man. People oh were yelling God. and screaming. And then what they do is they go back the judges look at the oysters, 
yeah, these all look good. We give them this many points, like they get this or whatever. And then they take those oysters over to the bar and they just start passing them out to people 12 at a time. And so we were just drinking beers and eating oysters and watching these guys shuck these oysters from all over the world, man. There was a guy from, from Florida there, like randomly from Florida, there was Japanese people there. There was obviously German and Ireland and all these different places. It was, uh, it was something to behold and it was really cool. And I don't know if you've ever shucked an oyster before, but it is not super easy. I was totally going to talk about that. Go for it. I was going to ask if they were wearing gloves or like steel gloves, or if they were all just like barehanded. I can just imagine like the Irish men, women, non-binary folks doing this were (laughs) like just doing a bare pod, like didn't have a glove or anything on. So that's a really good question. So there were some that had like their steel gloves on. They all had like their fan, like their own little way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had like, some of them had like big towels that were like, had rough stuff on them so they could grab them and then they'd like twist. Some of them had specialty knives that they used. Oh, yeah. I only know that because I bought one, not at this oyster fest, but at an oyster restaurant one time, the, the proprietor of the restaurant had designed his own oyster shucking knife. And I was like, that's the coolest souvenir I could ever get in my life. And so I actually have like a special oyster knife, um, but they had all sorts of kind of different things and they had their own techniques. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's, and- it's quite a skill. It's like a big flex, I think, to be able to like, first of all, shuck an oyster in general, and then to do it in a competition at rapid speed and have to like present them in a really like beautiful fashion. It's unbelievable. Uh, that, yeah. That is just because it's, da- it's hard. It is dangerous. <laughs> Dan and I got totally like, <sighs> this guy just really took advantage of us last year when we were on this trip in this little island out, um, off the coast of whatever. It's called Shelter Island. It's off, the, <laughs> it's off of New York. And we like got so excited. We found this like little guy with, he was like selling oysters out of his like this, yeah. garage. We were like, it says just like, pull on up. Like. I'll come outside and meet you like from my house. We get oysters. He sells us. He, he, he was using like a clam knife or something. He's yeah. like, he showed us one time how to do it. We thought he was going to like, let us like do it there. And he was going to show us. No, he just sent us on our merry way. Dan and I like go to the beach. We start trying to shuck oysters. <laughs> it was the most frustrating, like tense time I've ever had on a vacation <laughs> finally get like a few open they're all like full of like pieces of shell you know and then um i think we each got a few open i mean we were there for like two hours trying to watch the sunset we didn't see a portion of the sunset because we were just (laughs) so focused you can't take your eyes off of it and then dan knife slipped dan cuts his hand and that was it we were like we're done (laughs) we dumped those oysters back into the ocean (laughs) packed up and went somewhere else we were like this guy totally took advantage like he just i mean sent us on our way didn't say anything like about being precautious i mean we knew like to be cautious but i was like we could have lost a finger it was terrifying dude that is so funny so that is so so cool and like i just imagine people like working in seafood like that it's just such a Mm -hmm. fast-paced cool environment and uh you know, it's like, I feel like people like too, who can like man. shuck oysters like that are like the same people who are like mixologists, you know? 
Right. But like, like, uh, like low key, like they just throw something together and it's like, this is incredible. Yeah. It's a hipsterish thing in my mind kind of, but it's not really because it's been around forever and like, you know, oh my gosh, that's really cool though. I didn't know that story that you were there for that. How many oysters do you think you ate? Man. Um, you turned into one almost. Time, right? I almost did. Yeah. I probably, I don't know, 40 maybe. Whoa. I, <laughs> I ate a lot. And then, like, like I said, they had a couple of other food booths and it was like seafood stew and like fried oysters. And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> We're just eating all creamy yeah. seafood, dude. Yeah. It was really, it was dope. And if anybody is ever going to go to Ireland in like the fall, late September, early October, it's a must go to because Galway is just a cool place anyway. But then the Oyster Fest is just wild. Like you really feel like you're Irish. Like you feel like there aren't a lot of tourists there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just like kind of like their own little thing. Even though there are people from all over the world, it's just, I don't know, me and the mayor taking a picture together. Like just kind of crazy stuff. You know what I mean? It's just cool. What? Yeah. With his medallion? Oh, big old medallion. Yeah. You have a picture? Yeah. All right. We'll put it on the Instagram. That's too good. We'll gram too- it. Good. All right. What's okay. your last one? It's the last one. I'm just going to do it really, really quick. Um, it's the cheese rolling championships. You know this one? <laughs> I'm so jacked. Yes. I want to know. I want to know more. Tell me. I thought, I've I seen thought. those stupid videos. but I've never... I know. Okay. But like, what the heck is it? What is you going know? on? Yeah. So the event is held annually during like the spring break holiday in Gloucestershire, England. And basically on this day, someone takes a giant cheese wheel and rolls it down a hill and people chase after it. <laughs> what and kind of cheese is it? the first person to get to the bottom of the hill wins. That's a really good question. Um, I... It's got to be Parmesan. There's not I too many... I was going to say Parmesan, but I don't know. It might be... Parmesan, I think, is like... Italian, right? Oh, it's very Italian, yeah. Um, but do people make cheese in England? Yes. And Surely, right? What kind? I'm not sure. Lindsay's going to look it up for us, well, ladies. Keep talking. And anyway, so the origin of the event is unclear. Um, but people carry the legacy of the celebration every year, have carried it on every year, and and for like decades and some claim that the event actually started during the 1800s <laughs> so that's crazy but oh my gosh the game the 1800s begins, yes that's what some people say but um the game begins when the master of ceremonies releases a nine pound wheel of double gloucester cheese so yes okay so it's that's their local it, cheese their we local are cheese. so sorry people <laughs> Please do not They're be mad local at us. cheese. Um, which so funny you said Parmesan though, because that's immediately what I thought of. But so it rolls at a speed of up to 70 miles per hour. So what? It's, yeah, not as fast as Ed Finch throws. Sid Finch. Sid Finch. <laughs> Dude, 70 miles 70 an hour. 70 miles cheese. per hour. And the person who gets down the hill will be awarded with chunks of cheese. The first person. So it do they have sounds, to keep, do they have to hold on to the cheese? No, they're literally just chasing it, which is even like more it's hilarious. So, so hilarious. all these pictures are just like a cheese thing rolling down the hill and then people sprinting down a hill, which like sprinting down a hill could be 
pretty intense in general. Like it's not super duper steep, but it's pretty steep. It's steep. And it's then you're steep doing it that. in a race. 70 miles an hour. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> um, and, but then it said like, it sounds really silly, but it actually creates a lot of chaos and the event has turned violent in the past and people falling off and like bumping into each other and like probably taking each other out on purpose. Um, every year, dozens of people get injured. So I just want to see these videos you that you speak go? of. Um, Would you chase the cheese down the hill? No. Like, not even, I mean. I don't love, I, I, the, I, I don't know why I said no, but I just, that was my gut told me to say no. And I just said, no, I wouldn't. I would rather do a different type of competition. Like <laughs> something else. <laughs> I don't know, man. It sounds pretty wild. But I think I imagine... the idea of running as fast as I can down a hill. I'm just as I've gotten older, I'm like, I don't want to break any bones. Yeah, I'm not trying to like break my teeth out of my face. And you and I are pretty top heavy. Like we yeah. don't, we don't have the burly legs to like hold us. Up I would too feel well. much safer riding something down a hill. Like I would roll down the hill. I would sit on something and ride it all the way down the hill as fast as possible. But something about the running at an angle really throws me off. Yeah, dude. And once you, I mean, these videos are insane. Once you fall, you're not catching yourself. No. You're just going to keep on falling all the way down. The and your way. limbs are flailing and your legs. I mean, like, I don't know. So also like my teeth and stuff just really, mm. that would just really not be good. So, but anyway, if someone else wants to compete, there's no entry fee and people travel from all over to compete. So you pretty much just like show up. No entry just, fee. <laughs> you just are part of it. So unbelievable i if need to see the waiver your for way that there thing. in the spring to gloucestershire england um hopefully next year they're going to have uh the cheese competition will be on so oh man i hope it is oh that's such a bummer dude there's so many things like things that have been running for so long that have had to stop and it just sucks I hope I that cheese, hope that cheese rolling comes back. Do you remember when we were in Alaska? And it's yes. not a... <laughs> I was almost going to talk about this. I started to look it up. It's okay. not a crazy not... competition. It's just no. literally in this little town in Alaska where our cousins live called Seward, Alaska. The There's a race and Mallory's going to look it up. I think it's like King of the Mountain or something like that. Um, but basically they start downtown, like right in Main Street. They run all the way up the mountain that like sits in the city basically they run all the way up get to a point there's like a stake in the ground they turn around and they run all the way back down and finish back in the in the um in the city it's on fourth of july i'm sure it's been postponed this year but um it actually i'm looking it up now it's mount marathon mount marathon that's it right. is supposedly the toughest 5k on the planet according to an article from 2017 on outside online Dude, and- it is yeah, it is 3,000 feet straight up and then back down the mountain. Yes. and it's, That's crazy. Dude, it's crazy. And at least the year that we were there, this is a long time ago, early, not early stages of global warming, but they ran so high up that they got into the snow. 
and it was the 4th of July. Mm, I just remember people being like muddy and bloody. wet. And we saw oh and bloody. Muddy. Yeah, bloody and muddy. And we saw this man who had pinned his number. Do you remember oh, yeah. this? This is what I remember so so well, so vividly. A man had pinned his race number to his skin on his stomach. He didn't even he wasn't wearing a shirt or anything. He just pinned his race number with safety pins to his skin. Well, he did it to his nipples. <laughs> so he like hooked it to his nipple piercings. <laughs> yeah. No, that is not what my little I brain know. remembers. I think you were probably like 10 years old. And it probably scared like... you to death. <laughs> he also had a huge head I thought he literally took him through his yeah, skin. He was... Yeah, he. I that's. I remember it being attached to his nipples, and you not being able to really <laughs> comprehend that handle yeah. what it was. I just remember our oh my little God. badass cousin though. At like the last minute, he was like fifteen years old or fourteen years old or something. He was like, "Yeah, I'll do it," and he did it. And like, I mean, he Is that yeah, he got like he. I think he won his age group or whatever, but he was like up there with like the adults. Like he just was like, "Yeah, I'll run up the mountain." No problem. Just oh like my ran gosh. Up there. I can't believe we didn't. I had, I was like, oh, it was just like a race. I'm probably like blowing it out of my proportion like, or something, you know, yeah. out of, out of proportion what I remember. And now I'm like, what? We should have talked way more about this at the beginning. Well, it's, it's just like, a race. We you talked know about I mean? it's just it a now. race, but at the same time, it is. It's just a race straight up a mountain. Just gangsters though, dude, running up this mountain. Yeah. They're falling. I mean, it's a mountain, an Alaskan mountain. They're falling down, dude. People were messed up, blood, mud, snow, wet. It was gross. And there's no way to, there's no like path. Just like get up there. Mm-hmm. Just get up there. And show yeah. back up at the bar. So, well, um, in honor again of this week of 4th of July, may you, your family, your loved ones come up with some crazy competition idea to keep things fresh. Absolutely. I love you so much. Hope you have a great day. I love you so much. All right. Thank you. Adios, kiddo. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Filling Station pod. Mallory and I are having a fantastic time delivering you these hilarious and uplifting stories. If you want to be involved with the podcast, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Filling Station pod, or you can email us at the Filling Station pod at gmail.com. 